Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 459 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is August 30th, 2023. We're almost to September, and this regular season, it doesn't feel like it's almost over. We still got over a month left in this thing, and these losses, these head-scratching losses, these losses that, at least for me, I've met my I've I've had myself laughing after these losses because it's just like well of course it happened of course they couldn't win that extra inning game last night of course you get walked off again by the same dude in the series finale with Josh Hader on the mound of course of course these guys go down of course you Darvish shoot might have to have Tommy John surgery and be out the rest of this season obviously we know that and all of next season of course because it's the Padres you know it's just like how can the Padres find a way to lose this game it feels like that's the game that they're playing now so it's not like I'm pissed off that they they lost this series to the Cardinals because the season's already over I already went through like my big rant on this team and how fans we don't deserve it uh, after that Milwaukee series over the weekend. I'm just here just like, 
laughing and I'm, I'm smiling because that's all I can do. It's just like, what? Of course, they found a way to lose. How many more new ways can they find to lose, you know, this season? It's comical. So we'll talk about that. Talk about the U Darvish news, about him going to Texas to visit with a doctor that performed his first Tommy John surgery in 2015. Will he have to have another? If he does have to have another, what does that mean for this Padres team? Uh, there's also something interesting that was happening at Petco Park for almost a decade that publicly we didn't know about. And I definitely have some thoughts and some questions on that. That's fascinating. Very interesting topic there. And the Padres, could they do something that another Major League Baseball team did recently to try to save some money here because this season is over? We'll get into that. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that Super Chat button. It definitely supports the channel, and it separates all those comments, all of those questions into a different category for me here in the chat. So it makes it very easy for me to see your comment and get right to it. You jump to the front of the line for anyone that has those Super Chats there. Thank you so much in advance for that. If you want $20 off, uh, a ticket to a Padres game if for some reason you want to still go to a Padres game this year, or you can save it for next year. You can use that code Talking Friars, $20 off there. And it's not just for Padres tickets. Uh, it's obviously a Padres show, but just on SeatGeek anywhere, $20 off your order with that code Talking Friars. BreakingT.com, some great San Diego sports swag. I'm actually wearing one of them right now the uh, I Love You shirt, I Heart YU. Um, they've got a lot of great stuff there. So you can click that link that's pinned not pinned, click the link in the description uh, for Breaking Tea there. And then for FOCO, they've got some great bobbleheads. If you can't make it out to one of the Padres games or you miss like a Tatis bobblehead or you miss uh, you miss the Cronenworth bobblehead from earlier in the season, I think it was earlier this season, may have been last year. This season's just been so freaking long. Um, you can pick one up from FOCO. So click that link in the description there. All right, let's get to, should we start with today's game or yesterday? Let's start with today just because it just happened. Uh, Padres, they lose 5-4 to the Cardinals, and they initially had a 3-0 lead. It was kind of like yesterday. I mean, they had multiple leads. Manny has an RBI single, makes it 1-0. Kim scores. Kim has an RBI single. Matt Carpenter scores. What a series for him. A couple games that he plays, he made a pretty good impact. So maybe the Padres should just play the Cardinals in St. Louis every day. Just... All season long. That should be their schedule all season long next year. And Matt Carpenter would be an MVP candidate. Juan Soto, he has a single, makes it 3 uh, But then, seemed like it was inevitable. Rich Hill on the mound. I didn't have a whole lot of hope going into this game that Rich Hill was going to like not give up any runs. I know the Cardinals offense hasn't been great this year, but wasn't keeping my hopes up. And Jordan Walker hits a three-run bomb. It was like 430 feet. I thought it was more like 530. But that ball was crushed. Tied the game up, seventh inning, Juan Soto comes through with a go-ahead RBI single up the middle, kind of went the other way with it. Ben Gamble scores, probably see more of him in September when this team's officially eliminated. Makes it 4-3. Tommy Edmond, though, in the bottom of the ninth, Josh Hader comes into the game, and Tommy Edmond hits a walk-off home run after walking it off last night, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But yeah, Josh Hader going in, and, and that 
home run was given up after giving up a double with two outs in the inning. As I said in my post-game reaction, it was like, okay, Padres, they're going to win this game, right? They have a 3 nothing lead. That ends up going out the drain, uh, goes down the drain, I should say. Uh, they have another lead. Josh Hader comes in the game. They'll win it, right? He's not going to give up a walk-off on back-to-back days. Nope, that's exactly what happened. Back-to-back days, less than 24 hours because yesterday was a night game, obviously, in St. Louis, and today was a day game. Gives up a couple walk-offs. One was a hit, just a, a normal hit by Tommy Edmond down the line, and then today was a home run on a, I think, 97-mile-per-hour fastball up and away, and Tommy Edmond, he allowed Josh to supply the power for him, didn't have to put a huge swing on it, just goes the other way, and Padres were up 4-3 in this spot. Again, two outs. They were one out away. And he gives up the double. Mason Wynn scores that first run on the walk-off home run. And then Tommy Edmond obviously comes around. And I believe he's a San Diego guy. What? Where did he go to school? I, I should probably know this. All of the other San Diego kids that have uh, destroyed the Padres. Let's see. Yes, he's 28 years old. La Jolla Country Day. Okay. Went to Stanford, so obviously a smart dude. And he's like, yeah, Padres fans, I'm going to make your lives even more miserable. You know? Terrible season, not even close to meeting expectations. Here you go. The Cardinals, even with this win, they're almost 20 games under 500. They were 20 games under 500, I believe. Uh, and or after, yeah, after the first game, after the Padres won the first game in this series. And so, yeah, they suck. And the Padres just lost two out of three to them. Just lost two in a row to them. Just lost, what, four leads probably in the last couple days combined? Last, less than 24-hour period. Like four leads and lost all of them. Not great. One in five road trip, not great. This 2023 season, not great. A lot of things, not great about this Padres team. And yeah, just kind of, you know, when that Josh Hader thing happened, it was like, I think my reaction sitting on the couch was, no way. You got to be kidding me. And just smiled, just, just watching. Not because I want this Padres team to lose, but just because it's like, that's just my natural reaction now. Because it's like, of course the Padres lost. Of course they did. Of course, just to find another way to lose a ball game. Just find another way. They'll find another way probably tomorrow or on Friday, the next day they lose. And yeah, that's a good point by Sky here. I see this in the chat. The Cardinals did not lead once in this series until they had the walk-offs. Yeah. You go to today, 3-0 lead, tie game, Padres take a 4-3 lead. Obviously, that means going into the ninth, they're up by one run and then a two-run walk-off. And then yesterday, you go to that box score, and it went to extra innings. By the way, Padres still have not won a game this season in extra innings. Padres are up 2-1, to one, then it was tied in the fourth, then they were up again, then the Cardinals tied it right back in the sixth inning after the Padres took the lead in the top of the sixth, then they take a lead in the eighth, I think. Or no, no, no. I think they came back and tied it, I want to say, in the eighth. But yeah, you're right. They, they never have a lead. It was 3-1 Padres in the fourth. Then it was 3-2 Cardinals. 4-2 Padres in the sixth. Can't be with that home run yesterday. 
Contreras with a home run makes it 4-3, first of two home runs in that game. Uh, Kim, sack fly, makes it 5-3 in the eighth. And then bottom eight, Contreras hits a two-run bomb to tie it. So, yeah, they, they Cardinals never had a lead there. And then Edmund, obviously, with the walk-off single down the left field line to win it for the Cardinals yesterday before he ends up having another walk-off moment today. So that's just this Padre season, just giving you that hope, right, to, you know, that they'll turn it around earlier at, at some points this season, or they'll go win a game, have a big moment, and it all comes crashing down. Like, nope, not going to happen. You know that commercial? I forget who, who was the, was it Matumbo, the basketball player, who goes around the grocery store? It just goes swatting a bunch of people's stuff when they throw it into uh, their shopping cart. Like, no, 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 not today. That's what this Padres season is, I feel like. Like, a lot of leads. The team is now, what, 6-22? and 22? I might be butchering that, but like 6-22, and 22, somewhere around there, in one-run games this season. Oh, and 11 in extra inning games this season. Have yet to win one. They are... One loss away from tying the Major League Baseball record, the Montreal Expos, I think it was 1969, same year the Padres started up their Major League franchise. 0-12, uh, they're the worst extra inning team ever, at least in terms of like not being able to win a game in a season. Padres are right there. They're right on that doorstep, and I find it hard to believe that they'll go the rest of the season without having an extra inning game again, like a full month, so... They'll probably have an opportunity here. Do we want to see the Padres win that extra inning game? Or is it like, who the heck cares? If they win the extra inning game, we're still going to look back at it as they sucked in extra inning games, 1-11. One in, one in Might as well go 0-12, right? Just put yourself in the record books even more. It's already a crappy season. Might as well lose that game and put yourself in the same spot as the 1969 or whatever Montreal Expos who aren't even a franchise anymore. Now it's the Washington Nationals. Might as well. Why not? So, yeah, I mean, there was, like last night with Seth Lugo, good pitching performance. Six innings, two earned runs. Gave up three runs, but two earned runs. Just one walk. Six punch outs. It was his 13th start of the season last night with six innings or more. Matthew Batten had a really good night. Four for four, two runs scored. Matt Carpenter, as I said, pretty good couple games here in St. Louis. He was helping the team in all of the games offensively. Uh, but at the end of the day, just, just like there were some good performances today from some guys, doesn't matter. Weren't able to get the win. And the wins are what matters the most. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't even say that. Because do the wins matter the most at this point in time in this season? Because this, even if they win, the season's still over. Like, what, they win five games in a row, which they haven't been able to do all season long, even four games in a row. They do that, what is that going to put them, where's that going to put them in the standings? I don't know, five games back? Six games back? Because other teams ahead of them are going to win. And by the way, right now, the Padres are behind the Washington Nationals in the wildcard standings. Don't know if you saw this when I posted this on Twitter or X nowadays, at Talking Friars. The Nats are playing the Toronto Blue Jays, I believe. So this isn't 
the actual standings of how it's going to be at the end of the night. But right now, the Padres are eight games back of a wild card spot. The Nats are seven and a half games back. So the Washington Nationals, the team that traded Juan Soto, is ahead of the team that acquired Juan Soto a little bit more than a year ago. No one was predicting that going into this season. It is wild that that is actually happening. Now, if you're watching this Padres team every day this season, you're probably going to say, well, Ben, no, that's not that wild because you've watched the games just like I have, and it's it's been pretty crappy. But, I mean, going into the year, all the names, I mean, you're still looking at the lineup when Don and Mud are talking about it going into games, and it's like, that's a pretty good lineup. Oh, did, did the Nationals lose? Anyway, when I was looking at the standings here, I haven't reloaded the page. The Padres were below the Washington Nationals. So we can say that. At some point this season, oh, wow, they lost 7 nothing. the Nationals did. But yeah, the Padres, same record right now as the Nats. And at one point this season, technically, they were below the Washington Nationals in the standings. Yikes. It's not like it's because the Nationals are playing amazingly good baseball. I'll give credit to Mike Rizzo. I'll give credit to Davey Martinez. You know, they got extensions for a reason. And I'll give credit to some of the guys that are performing well. Lane Thomas and C.J. Abrams has found a little bit more power. And it seems like Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, they're going to be a part of that rotation for years to come. Like, there's been bright spots for that Nationals organization. It seems like they're trending upwards while the Padres are trending downwards based off of where they finished last season and where the Padres are now, right? They're going down on this roller coaster of being a Padres fan. But this is more of the Padres sucking than the Nationals playing good baseball. I mean, the Nationals, they're still 10 games under 500. Let's not make it look like they're, you know, five games over or anything like that. And that would still probably be a disappointing season for Padres fans if they were five games over, because we were expecting them to win 90 games. At least I think most fan bases were expecting this Padres team to win 90 games. And they're not going to win anywhere close to 90 games this season. 62 and 72. It's been fun being a Padres fan this year, huh? Really fun. Rich Hill, by the way, his reactions this season already, short time with the Padres, but his reactions have made for some pretty uh, evergreen tweets, if I, if I may say so myself. Whenever something bad happens to the Padres, I can just use one of Rich Hill's reactions and just tweet it out. No words necessary. And Padres fans that know what just happened, they'll know. They'll know my reaction. They'll know how I'm feeling. Oh, today, Rich Hill walking off the mound. I think it was the inning after he gave up the home run to Jordan Walker. Just big F-bomb. And even on a flyout, Paul Goldschmidt flew out to center earlier today. And Rich Hill is like cussing at someone in the dugout. Or, or he's like pissed off that a ball went that far. I think he was talking to Ruben Niebla probably, saying that, yeah, it was a curveball, and then he got pissed off. Just, he's just always pissed off at himself, is what it seems like. And I get it. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not pitching great, but he's, he, room, he leaves himself no room for slack. He gives himself no slack, which I like the accountability. It's just funny that... These are the reactions. And then the ball, I think it was against the Pirates where there was that home run that was like a fly ball in most ballparks, the Petco porch job. And he's just like, 
you effing kidding me? You can see him mouthing that. And it's like, yeah, Rich, that's that's how we all feel right now. So, yeah, I like Rich Hill. Now, I don't like his performances. He hasn't really helped the Padres, but I like his personality. I like his accountability. It's made me laugh a little bit. I'll say that. It's made me laugh a little bit watching those reactions from Rich Hill. And the season's already over. So for anyone that wants to be like, why are you smiling? Why are you, why are you laughing? It's just because that's just my reaction to this team now. Like, it's just comical at this point. The way they find the, the way that they lose games now, they find new ways to do it all the time. Uh, the fact that at some point this year, we can say that, yeah, the Nats were ahead of the Padres in the wildcard standings for like a couple hours, for an hour. It's just comical. And then there's some stuff that's going on at Peco Park, which I'll get to here in a little bit, where it's like, of course it's happening to the Padres organization, happening inside where the Padres play. It's just wild. I see John is here. What's up, John? How's it going, man? Oh, you know, just enjoying my lunch. Just maybe looking forward to a Padres victory. Here we go. And then... Boom, just in an instant, as I'm literally chowing down, it just happens to go south. That's how it goes. How it be. It's yeah. nuts. I, I, I'm blown away. Two walk-offs in a row, and uh, was it 0-11 in extra inning games? Can you believe it? I cannot. I mean, if you were to tell me, I was With thinking about it. With the runner on second I, base. With the runner on I, second base, the Expos in 1969 or whatever, they didn't have a runner on second base. We yeah. have the edge on that still. I know. I know. Can you believe it? And it's funny. I actually, I'm, I live in San Francisco right now. So the vibes up here are pretty nice. However, I, uh, it feels like I'm a, a lonely, depressed soul up here, you know, that just can't even explain how terrible this team is this year. I mean, what a turnaround of a team in one year. I, I, incredible. Incredible. One um, year. NLCS and now... We're like tied with the nationals in the standings. Yeah. I, I was thinking today I was cause like uh I like I like how you do on Instagram over the off season, you know, Padres highlights and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what is he gonna pull? Oh, there is not a lot. It's gonna be rough. I think the Padres I was, I saw yesterday on the broadcast or whatever, we only have two walk off wins when we were tied with the Cardinals. Okay. And I mean I, now we're not. I, now we're definitely not. Oh, for sure. Oh, they, they doubled their, they doubled it in, in, in a matter of days. Honestly, it, it was. It's amazing to me. I mean, whatever we did to the baseball gods, they are cursing our name and absolutely making us pay. But it is torturous, man. This this game of baseball sometimes. What should I do in the off season? Should I do highlights to opening day, or should I do Padres choked leads, uh, Padres losses in extra innings? Padres bloopers till opening day, like or spring training or because, yeah, highlights. I always, you know, in the off season, I, I went back and found old highlights. But what we just went through, if if, if Padre fans want to laugh every day, uh, I might just have to post some like Tim Hill uh, throwing it away uh, blooper there. Uh, these walk offs, Robert Suarez not throwing a strike against the Dodgers. Uh, Seth Lugo giving up a bunch of bombs to the Dodgers. I uh, what else is think, there? There's, there's been I some think, wacky stuff. I think what you got to do is you got to put AJ Preller's best trades <laughs> on 
and just do a little highlight reel of, oh yeah, th- remember we had him? Oh yeah, that was an AJ Preller signing. Because to me, it's random seems Padres like team- players till opening day. We'll yes, put Carl Edwards Jr. on there. We'll put Carlos Villanueva on there. We'll put Kristen Norfia and Will Venable and Mike uh, Piazza Cooper and yeah, Mike Piazza and G Man Choi. Yeah, have him taking yeah. a walk. Have that be a highlight. Yeah, it's gonna be rough. yeah. Just just think about or maybe just the opportunity. Maybe the people who went above and beyond the Padres organization and just did exceptionally well. Something yeah. <laughs> because again, this team is running it back next year, so we need to really stick it to AJ Preller. You need to leave, buddy. This is this yeah. is too crazy. Too yeah, crazy to some, stick around. Yeah, Sky says in the chat, full compilation of ex- every extra inning loss. Yeah, I'll probably put <sighs> that together. Um, I know I'll put together Don and Mud highlights from this year, like just what they say in the booth, because that's always good. But yeah, in the offseason, I don't know if it's going to be Padres highlights to opening day. It's probably going to be Padres lowlights and former Padres players highlights to opening day. That's probably what it'll what it'll be because this season, man, it's been rough. And obviously all the A.J. Preller talk, it's it's brought back all the memories of, oh, remember that trade? That was great. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that does me a little hope, and uh, it's very fleeting. I, I'm already looking at baseball or uh, football highlights right now just to get myself in in the football oh, headspace. Uh, is that we are not the Mets, and that that gives me a little confidence. You know, we're not the Angels as well. We can say that, or we're not the A's. I mean, we're not the A's. You know, so yeah. we're sticking around here. This is our team. So get in line, everybody. It is what it is. Yeah. At least our owner cares about the franchise and wants to win. Uh, exactly. But it still sucks. NLCS oh. last year, and this is what it's become. It's like, holy crap. I, I don't mean to take any much time or anything like that, but I wanted to ask, I mean, what do you think is going to get us over this 90-game hump? What do you think, if you were in the GM, like in charge, like full, what would you, day one, What do you? what is Ben Fadden doing? What would I do? Okay. I would let people do their job. I, I'm, I'm someone that, like I have, multiple jobs multiple positions and all that so i'm always i always feel like i'm working and if i'm not like doing a show or something i will be writing or if i'm not writing i will be reading articles like i always i I, it's not like i'm someone that sits there and watches a netflix show or something like i'm always doing something uh but so i can relate i feel like to aj preller he always feels like he needs to be doing something and so that's part of what has been the problem i think is he likes to micromanage He's not just faking it, always be on the being on the phone when mm. Marty Caswell's up there taking pictures of him or something. Like he's not faking that. I don't think he's literally talking to probably any little person in the organization, wanting to get an input, giving himself uh, this platform to talk and give his input on what he thinks should be happening. Um, and I think, yeah, I would hire people that know what they're doing, let them do their job, maybe have someone come in that and i know this is easier said than done like aj's not going to want this but i have someone come in that is unbiased someone that aj preller has never met before and be like hey we'll pay you to give your honest opinion about the san Diego padres organization what am i screwing up what do i suck at what do you think i'm good at and if you think i'm good at something then maybe i should just stick to that if you think i suck at something maybe i should hire someone to you know, be better than I am at that area. Again, it's easier said than done, but those are the things that I would definitely look at. Like, if, again, if I was AJ Preller, if I was in that spot, I'd be like, 
what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And I'll admit to those weaknesses to try to put this organization in a better spot because if he keeps micromanaging like this, like reports are saying that he is, I don't see how this Padres organization is ever going to consistently get over that 90 win hump, you know? Yeah. I think if I was the GM, I would resign after the first day because I can't mix business and pleasure, uh, honestly. Yeah. So it would not be fun. Anyway, that's, that's my time. I, I, I just wanted to chime in and say, Hey, and God almighty, this team. It's All we can do is laugh. Based on All where we we're at, laugh. all we can do is laugh. Thanks, John. Yeah. Appreciate have it. Man. All right, have a good one. Yeah, all we can do is laugh. Jeez, this season. It's going to be one for uh, for our memory bank, for sure. One of those where we'll be talking with family or with friends, and we'll be like, hey, hopefully in a better spot, you know, uh, years down the road. Remember the 2023 season and all the ways the Padres found a way to lose? Man, that was that was one heck of a season. Okay, I'm going to get to a break here, and then I'm going to get to you, Darvish, because there's some stuff going on there. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Okay, so with you, Darvish, we know that he went on the IL. It was, I believe, right elbow inflammation. And I believe that the Padres made the right move there, like just shut him down. Now, you, Darvish, then told the media that he intends to pitch for the Padres again this season. Like, that's what he wants to do. And I'm like, why? That's a stupid decision. That, that's, I get the competitiveness, but that's just stupidity. There's no reason why the Padres should allow you Darvish to get back on a mound this season. Then in this St. Louis series, we hear that you Darvish is not with the team and he is in Texas meeting with his doctor that performed the Tommy John surgery in 2015, Dr. Keith Meister to see what's up with his elbow. Once someone that's familiar with his elbow did the Tommy John I assume that he saw Darvish's elbow before the Tommy John, saw his arm, so he knows, like, okay, that's what Tommy John, like, you need Tommy John in that spot. So I get Darvish doing that, and I like him doing it because it, we, we might not end up talking about Darvish needing Tommy John and being out for all of next season. But that's obviously where we go when Tommy John is brought up by Kevin AC in his article. It's not known if he needs a second Tommy John. We're obviously all going to look at, oh no, what the heck's going to happen if Darvish needs Tommy John? Well, what's going to happen is he would be out all of the 2024 season, and that's a guy that you're still up five years left on the contract, four years after next season, and you're paying him almost $80 million still for those you know next five years after this season. And Michael Waka could be gone, Seth Lugo could be gone. And you want Pedro Avila to be in the rotation? Blake Snell, probably gone. Because we know Scott Boris and Scott, uh, excuse me, Boris and Snell, they're going to be asking for the moon. They're going to be asking for more than what Carlos Rodon, Rodon got because Snell's probably going to win the Cy Young. Like, I, it's definitely in their right to ask for the moon and ask for more than Carlos Rodon. We'll see if he gets it. They'll probably be a team that will bite and will do that. Padres don't see them doing that. Don't know if that's the smartest thing for them to lock up a guy that he had questions about going into this season who's been inconsistent at times, and he's 
had a really good, you know, three, four months here, whatever it's been, two and a half months, like really good. But is he going to do that during that next contract? That's obviously a big question. And there's been a lot of long-term contracts already handed out by this Padres team. Do they just want to go in the shorter term route? Right. But a lot of the rotation could be gone. And even if it's not, let's say they control Michael Walker, which they can, they bring him back on those club options. That's a lot of money for 2024 for Waka, 16 mil, 2025 for Waka, same amount. And you have Musgrove coming off of a shoulder injury, no Darvish. Or if you do have Darvish, let's say you don't have, you do have Darvish, no Tommy John for him. He's still coming off of an injury and he's not getting any younger. So that's three starters who are going to be the last two. And then you need depth. Who are going to be those depth guys? You're going to bring up Robbie Snelling next year that early. I don't, see that maybe you bring up Yarr and Yarte, Adam Mazur, but like the triple A depth, Ryan Weathers is gone. Right? The the dude that pitched against the Tigers, Jackson Wolf, he's not there. Jay Groom, that's who you're gonna trust as a depth guy or bring him up as a five starter in this rotation. I I I let's 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 get some better starting options. You know, it just makes you worry. That's my point obviously. It makes you worry if you Darvish has to have Tommy John, this rotation might be in trouble next year. And even if he doesn't have to have Tommy John, there's still going to be plenty of questions going into next season about the rotation. And then there's questions, by the way, about the bullpen. No doubt about that. Because the bullpen's been rocky. And I don't assume Josh Hader is going to be back because I don't want the Padres paying $100 million to a guy that pitches three days in a row twice all season long and pitches one inning at a time, sorry, not doing that. And even if he did pitch multiple innings, that's still $100, $100 million. Wish it was $100. $100 million to a reliever? No thanks. There's questions about Robert Suarez. Will he be able to be a really good closer for the Padres? And the guys behind them, will they be able to be consistent? Because there's been some bumpy things. Steven Wilson just went on the IL earlier uh, during this Cardinals series. So... There's a lot of questions, and it's just a kick in the nuts after another kick in the nuts, another kick in the nuts. Just like Mud said on the broadcast today after Hayter gave up that walk-off. This isn't, this isn't a gut punch or whatever. It's, it's a kick below the belt, a kick in the nuts. There's been a lot of those this season for the Padres where it's like, man, that loss sucks. Man, nothing's going right. Man, Musgrove's hurt. Darvish is hurt. Cronenworth gets hurt, hit in the wrist. No, he's not doing anything, but still, it sucks to see. And, man, Xander got hurt, obviously, was not 100% at this, you know, during this season for multiple months. Manny had to go on the IL. He's playing through a, th- uh, a uh, elbow sprain, I believe. That's what Kevin said earlier today, I saw. Nando, we know he's not 100%. Uh, the weird things that happened with Musgrove with the turf toe, uh, or not the turf toe, the the running on the turf, the the the, the chamber, the the cryo chamber, whatever the heck they call that thing. It's like another kick in the nuts, another kick in the nuts. All the extra inning losses, the one run losses. It just doesn't stop. So yeah, I, are our nuts going to be able to recover by the end of this off season? Because you know when you get kicked, or whenever you, for anyone that has felt that. It sting. It might not feel bad then, but it stings a little bit after. 
And it might, you're going to feel it for a little bit. So how long are we going to be feeling these things? And this Darvis injury, we could be feeling that kick in the nuts, if you know what I mean, for all of 2024. So, yeah, hopefully no Tommy John surgery is needed from Darvish. We don't know, as of now, we don't know what the results are, how that visit went. You Darvish with his doctor, Dr. Keith Meister, again, the same one that saw, oversaw, did that Tommy John surgery for Darvish. I believe he was with the Rangers at that point in time in 2015. So, obviously, keep you updated on that, but that is not news that Padre fans wanted to hear no doubt about that all right one also another thing that i wanted to get to i have some other things that i wanted to get to as well but i'll get to the chat here in a little bit um sorry just opening my pen yeah so the los angeles angels they did something this week that i think is pretty interesting we know that they went in on the trade deadline. They went all in. Lucas Giolito, Randall Grichik. Uh, who else did they acquire? CJ Crone, I think. They acquired some guys. And it was like, okay, I, I'm not going to totally bash the Angels for trying with Shohei Otani and probably what is his last year, trying to make that playoff push. But I didn't, I didn't think it was the best thing for their long-term future because it wasn't even going to guarantee them a postseason spot. And ever since those moves happened, they have sucked. And so the Angels have given up, obviously. Otani goes down. Trout goes back on the I.L. after just being activated. You know, the same day, Otani, you know, tears his UCL and uh, Trout goes on the I.L. And the Angels have sucked. Lucas Giolito, a six-plus ERA with the Angels. He's been terrible with them. And so the Angels, they know they're out of it. They're trying to save money, try to get below that luxury tax, maybe get a little bit better of a draft pick. When they lose Otani, the draft pick compensation, so they decide to place Hunter Renfro, Lucas Giolito, Randall Grichik, Ronaldo Lopez, who also was acquired at the deadline. Uh, I think Matt Moore. I think they placed Dominic Leone. They tried with Tyler Anderson, who they just signed to a, to a, uh, a three-year contract before the season. So that contract is another one that hasn't worked out. A lot of contracts haven't worked out with the Angels. They've put a lot of these guys on waivers and just see if another team will pick up the rest of their salaries which is like over a million dollars for a lot of these guys. So they're trying to get under and save some money and get a better draft pick for Otani. You know, if they can be under the luxury tax and all that. And that got me thinking, should the Padres do that same thing for Snell and Hader, right? You don't put Snell and Hader on waivers because you want to get the draft pick, the best draft picks back for those guys, assuming that they go sign somewhere else in free agency. So you're not going to have those guys depart they would obviously get picked up. So you'd save the money for the rest of this year, but you wouldn't get the better draft pick. You, you're already paying for it, so might as well keep them, right? And I think the Padres probably would want Blake Snell to win the Cy Young as a Padre, right? Because there haven't been many of those in, in history, right? What, three? If Snell wins, Randy Jones and Jake Peavy, I think. I could be blanking on another name, but those are the two that come off the top of my head. So they want that. And so Hayter and Snell aren't going any well, but... Where, what about the other guys? Would there be someone that they would consider placing on waivers to save some money, maybe get under the luxury tax? Now, there's sites out there that can give you the Padres luxury tax, like where they're at, uh, their payroll. 
But what I see when I look at like fan graphs, I look at spot track, there's different numbers sometimes. So when I scroll down on spot track, and I'm just looking at competitive balance tax total, estimated tax payroll, 282 million, a little over $282 million, 282.4. Okay. That is much higher than the threshold of $233 million. So they're over it. Would they be able to get under, because there's thresholds, there's, there's certain thresholds. Would they be able to save money to get under a certain threshold if they were getting rid of some guys for the rest of this season? Maybe, but who are those guys? Right? You're not getting rid of Hader and Snell because you want to get the draft picks back for those guys if they leave in free agency. Bogarts is here. Soto's here. Manny's here, obviously. Nick Martinez. Let me just confirm on his contract here. I believe there's a, yeah, there's a club option. So they could technically keep him. If not, then those are $8 million player options. And I would think Nick Martinez would take those because he hasn't had that great of a season, in my opinion. So you wouldn't put him on waivers, I don't think. Suarez obviously is here. Waka. I mean, you need someone to pitch here in September, and you could just keep him next year and in 2025 by giving him the club options. So why would you put him on waivers? You know, Seth Lugo, he's an interesting case. Would you put him on waivers? Because there's a player option for next year. It's not a club option. So you could just lose him to another team. So do you want to put him on waivers? But maybe the Padres are interested in bringing him back because they can say, hey, we were the team that believed in you, gave you that starting pitching opportunity. And so... Hopefully you respect that and you believe, like us, that this year just was a once-in-a-century disappointment and will be a World Series contender next year. We're going to give you a guaranteed starting rotation spot and maybe Lugo would come back. Maybe not at the player option, but higher than that. So maybe the Padres wouldn't have Seth Lugo be placed on waivers. Asun Kim under control. Matt Carpenter, I don't think people would want to go pick up Matt Carpenter because they pick up that and his contract for next year Luis Garcia no one's going to pick that up right and it's, it's not like it's that much money so you just go down the payroll here and the guys that are on the active roster there's like no one that sticks out where it's like yeah no that would make sense for the Padres to place him on waivers save some money there's like no one so I don't see the Padres doing what the Angels did now, would the Padres be interested in Lucas Giolito? Would they be interested in Hunter Renfro? Obviously, Renfro, a former Padre. Not with Renfro, I don't think. I mean, they have Ben Gamble. They have Jose Zocar. I think they still have Taylor Colway in the minors that they can bring up and play if they need outfielders to play. And Renfro's had his lowest average since 2020, worst OPS plus since 2017 in a full season. He hasn't been good. And Lucas Giolito... Preller expressed, he expressed interest in Giolito before the deadline, but I think that was him expressing interest to try to get him as like a better addition than like Rich Hill. And that's when the Padres were like still thinking, oh, we have a chance. We know they don't have a chance, right? Season's over. Preller knows that they don't have a chance. Bob Melvin knows. He's even admitted it to the media. There's no point in checking the standings anymore, right? So... Giolito, I don't see that happening. And he sucked this year. Like, what's the point in signing him? Seriously, what, what's the point in bringing that guy in? You know, uh, because you take up the rest of the salary as well. So I think he'd be paying over a million dollars the rest of the year 
for one month of a crappy pitcher this year, I'm good. So, yeah, I don't think the Padres should be interested in any of those guys. And I don't really see the Padres pulling an Angels and placing these no names on waivers to see if a postseason contender wants to pick them up for a stretch run here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Getting to the chat here. I'm going to get into, obviously, the Petco Park thing that has happened. Voice of San Diego, they released an article about a fake nonprofit benefiting from sales at Petco Park. That's, that, that's got a lot to it. So I will definitely get to that. But I want to get through some people in the chat here. Uh, Matt says, Josh Hader made his statement. You will not use me again this year. They'll use him. But, uh, yeah, I don't really understand that, Matt. He made a statement by pitching three days in a row. I don't know. I think people know my stance on that. Like, Josh Hader, he should have pitched three days in a row earlier when the Padres actually had a chance to make the postseason. I don't even know why they're pitching. Why did they pitch Josh Hader today? <laughs> like, why are they pitching him three days in a row? Because they're not mathematically eliminated? I'm surprised Josh Hader was willing to go into the game. Because the season's over, he could he could have got hurt today, pitching three days in a row. And then probably blamed it all on the Padres, you know? So I was a little surprised that Hader was in there. I think Hader should have pitched more often, especially in early August. No doubt about that. Devin says, it's time for Padres fans to roast Preller at Petco. What, bring signs like DFA Preller? I think I did see that somewhere earlier this year, like the last homestand. I don't know. Would they, would Padre fans, what, what, you want Padre fans to like chant fire Preller? Would they do that? I don't know. I don't think Padre fans would really do that. Like, and I'm talking about like where it could be noticeable from like the upper deck, you know? Yeah, Matt. Wave yeah, I get you. Waving snow on hater after not moving them would be an absolute S show. Yes. That would be I mean, I probably wouldn't be laughing, but that kind of would be hilarious. Like, okay, one, you don't move them at the deadline when that was the right thing to do. And then you wave them to save some money and you're not going to get the draft picks back for them when they leave from the team that you that that claims them off of waivers. Like, that would just be the ultimate S show. Yeah, and you're, you're wasting them already on your team. Yeah. 
it's not going to happen. But yeah, that would be that would be nuts. That would be. Some people think Preller should be fired. That would that would definitely make him be fired. Sadler would lose his. He would lose his ass if that happened for sure. Uh, JD's third says so. Baseball gods, huh? What on earth could the baseball gods gods be upset with the Padres about? Uh, what they said at FanFest, probably like, don't mess with me. You you were all cocky at FanFest. You put up the Kershaw meme that your intern or whatever put up the the Kershaw meme on the scoreboard. Don't mess with me. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said those things. Juan Soto earlier this year. That's another thing I gotta add. I'm making, by the way, I'm I'm making a list. And you can give me suggestions if I'm forgetting some. Because I'm not going to list them all now. But I'm making a list of quotes that Juan Soto, the Padres players, have said this year. And I'll post it at the end of the season. It's so wild how many things that they have said this year. There's so many wild quotes. But he told the TBS broadcast, right? The Dodgers should be... Didn't he say, like, the Dodgers... I should look this up. The Dodgers should be worrying about us. Dodgers. Dodgers should be worrying about the Padres. And that was like in April. The Padres were playing, I think, at City Field. And it was the TBS game. Yeah, this was like April 12th, I think. Yeah, we don't worry about the Dodgers. They should be worrying about us. Last year, we showed them what we have in the playoffs. We just came up, played good baseball, and beat them. Now we added more players. We have more depth in our lineup. Our bullpen is great. I always say we have one of the best bullpens in the league. I think they should be worrying about us. We don't worry about anybody. Well, yeah, I think that was pretty clear. Padres don't worry about anybody, including themselves in the clubhouse, because there's a lot of inconsistent messaging this year. Uh, there's, there wasn't enough urgency. So yeah, some wild quotes, and that was just one of them. But yeah, that's probably how the baseball gods got upset. Because you're not just going down and doing your business, you're talking. Talking a lot. And you didn't back it up. Uh, Viva Padres asked, why was Grisham starting over Azokar? Because he's the starting center fielder. They're mathematically still in it. That's probably why. Grant Jordan says, the Padres always find a way to make struggling players look good. Edmund is another example, given his season. He is not the guy that should be walking off two days straight. Yeah, if you want someone walking him off, it's like Goldie or Arenado, right? Yeah, definitely. Not the guy. All right, I'll get to the rest of the chat if I can. My laptop is already on low power mode. So let me get to this Petco Park story here because it is wild sorry I had to open up my pen again because I'm writing down like notes and checking off stuff on my notes like what topics I've gone through uh, okay this is probably the most wild story I've read about Padres Petco Park in a long time. There's something going on. There's been something going on at Petco Park that is inexcusable. And 
It is a fake charity taking money from another charity, essentially, is what is happening here. So this is from The Voice of San Diego. Great job, by the way, from Will Huntsbury. He wrote this piece, came out earlier in the week. Many Padres fans don't even realize when they buy a $10 hot dog uh, that roughly 10% of the take at many stands is supposed to be donated to charity. This is not something that I knew. And this was a, a cool thing that I read. I was like, okay, that's cool. So some money that we're giving to these stands, it's not going to like the Padres only. Some of it's going to charity. That's pretty darn cool, huh? I would think the Padres would want to promote that a little bit more because that's a good thing. Charities staff those concession stands at Petco Park. And in return, they get to keep anywhere from 9 to 12% of the proceeds for their charity. So, you know, 10%, 9 to 12%, whatever, in that range. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. You know, the charities, the volunteers, they go work there. And in return, those charities, they get some of the money. And it's a lot of money. Like 10%, that's a lot of money, as you will see here. That's 300,000, 300, over 300,000, $370 plus thousand dollars from January to like the middle or through the first like couple months of the Padres season that a charity can bring in that this fake charity brought in. A group called Chula Vista Fast Pitch operates more stands in the ballpark than any other charity, netting it potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars each year, according to documents obtained by Voice of San Diego. The only problem is Chula Vista Fast Pitch does not exist. Chula Vista Fast Pitch, it shut down in 2014, according to tax and business filing. There's no website. There's no permits to use fields in Chula Vista. It doesn't exist anymore. And the people that were running that, did they had no idea that this name was still being used, especially still being used in this manner. It was fast pitch, and the group, it, I guess it was giving some people an opportunity to play. It was a charity thing. It was a great thing, and now it's turned into this, which is... There has to be super frustrating for those people that were involved in that and put some effort, obviously, in that. People familiar with the softball world, including the former founders of Chula Vista Fast Pitch, say no one is using that name currently for softball purposes. So it's there's a lot of questions, obviously, that just from reading this, and I haven't even got to all of it, but just from reading this, it's like, how do these people know what Chula Vista fast pitch was? Were they involved in it? And then when these people stopped it, they just decided to go use the name at Petco Park and all that and decided to say, hey, charity, here's the charity. We're going to use this. Chula Vista fast pitch has been operating in Petco Park for the last nine years. Multiple people familiar with the operation said it was an open secret that the charity doesn't really exist. An open secret. How is that even possible? An open secret? So it's an open secret. So does that mean people in the charity, people that were working those booths, uh, people that were working those ballpark stands, they knew that it wasn't a real charity and they were okay with that as long as they were getting their money? Is it other booths in baseball at, at the Padres game, I mean? Other spots that aren't like ballpark eat spots, but other charities that work at Petco staff some of these spots at Petco? 
they knew about it and just didn't tell anyone? Because this is definitely something that should have came out earlier than this. Nine years they've been doing this. Who oversees these groups? It's not Petco. It's not the Padres. It's Delaware North, a company involved in food venue and hotel management all over the world. Delaware North requires the nonprofits to submit paperwork on a semi-regular basis to verify charitable status, which that's another question. What's semi-regular basis? And what are they submitting? What's this paperwork that is like proving to Delaware North that yes, this charity still exists. It's actually a charity. It's not a fake charity that isn't run anymore. Yep, this is totally legit. What is that paperwork? And Jackson Wyatt, who formed Chula Vista Fast Bitch, again, with his wife, was uh, pretty stunned. Wow. Okay, was his response. Had no idea that someone was still using this name. It seems so dumb that no one at Petco Park would notice, Wyatt says. Every softball team in all the leagues know each other. It seems very silly that's the name someone's going to come up with because right away it's obvious that it doesn't exist. Again, that's, it's like, how would no one at Petco Park notice this? If this was, oh, obviously people did and they just didn't say anything, which is obviously even worse. It's an open secret. Chula Vista Fast Pitch runs an average of 12 stands per night at Petco, according to Delaware North officials. Ballpark Eat stands, the Michelada stand, the Mr. Softie, the ice cream stand. Someone, if you have dropped some money down there at those stands, spent some money, I mean, obviously, at those stands, to get a hot dog or some nachos or some peanuts, you might be just have given money to this fake charity. And I'm sure there's a lot of Padre fans. Over nine years, you've been to a lot of Padres games and probably have spent a lot of money on this. And so, yeah, I think Padre fans are going to be pissed off that it's like, oh, I probably gave some of my money to a fake charity. And where is this money going? Who is running this? Which kind of got answered a little bit in this article. Um. $3.7 million in net sales between January 1st and June 5th, according to receipts San Voice of San Diego obtained. That only includes the first two months of the baseball season. And these charities in the, the Delaware North program, they staff the stands during concerts and other events. So that's how they also make money. 10% of $3.7 million over is $370,000. Over $370,000 Chula Fista Fast Pitch has been able to bring in, and this charity doesn't even exist. That's $370,000 that could actually go to a, a good charity, an a actual charity that exists, that could make kids' lives or make it easier on parents. I don't know. Just go to an actual good cause. So yeah, this kind of pisses me off, for sure. And I'm not even like close to the situation, uh, but it's like, how, how can this happen? Delaware North officials declined to answer questions about how they verify whether a charity is real or not. After receiving an, an email from Voice, they did say they plan to look into the matter. We're actively looking into the recent information presented to us regarding the status of Chula Vista Fast Pitch and will determine our course of action after our review is complete. Craig Huner, who I have been in contact with, not recently, but a couple times over email, 
Um, he is the like head Padres spokesperson with Padres PR, I believe. And I've asked, obviously, for like Don and Mud and all that, but that's not the point. And they've said like they don't allow it, long time Padres policy, even though Jesse Agler's come on the show. So it doesn't seem like it's that long standing. Anyway, uh, getting back to this. So Craig Huner, he wrote in an email here to the voice of San Diego. The Padres do not have operational oversight of Delaware North's nonprofit program. Uh, Delaware North is solely responsible for the staffing of their concession stands at Petco Park. Huner then confirmed Padres are following up with Delaware North on Chula Vista Fast Pitch's role at the stadium. So the Padres had no idea about this. And at least that's what they say. And then they're blaming it all on Delaware North. Delaware North is solely responsible for the staffing of their concession stands. Okay, that might be true, but I'm sorry. Fans that are spending money at the ballpark eats and these other stands that Chula Vista Fast Pitch staffs and is benefiting from, they go to see the Padres. They go to see your organization. So I'm sorry, that statement right there, that's not good enough. Just to say we don't have operational oversight and just putting it all on Delaware North. I'm sorry, if I was Peter Seidler, if I was Eric Grubner, if I was part of that organization that has anything to do with, okay, yeah, Delaware North is, like, they know that Delaware North, they're in contact with Delaware North. I assume people with the Padres are in contact with someone at Delaware North at some point each season, right? I think Delaware North just signed an extension with Petco Park. I think I saw that in the offseason. Could be wrong, but I think I, that was recently. I would know every charity that is involved with something in Petco Park. If I was the owner of this team, I would want to know that those are actual charities. Because Peter Seidler, how does Peter Seidler feel about this? Because he does really good work with some homeless organizations, you know, and really cares about that. So I assume he's a charitable person. And Ron Fowler, even before that, I think he was a little bit of a charitable person, right? And there's the Fowler Park at USD, right? I think he has his name on something at San Diego State as well. Like, I would care, right, about uh, charities that are coming into Petco Park. So, yes, this falls on Delaware North, but this also should fall on the Padres too. Like, you 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 don't do background work on the charities, and again. Not to point specific blame on the Padres or Delaware North. Like at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. Like it does matter a little bit, but like we know Padres and Delaware North, right? Inside Petco Park and they're involved here. But what I care about most, my big question is how did this get by for nine years? Semi regular checks. So when is that? What's semi regular? Is that once a year? Is that once every two years? Once every three years? Once every four years, are you just saying that? And once they're in, you don't actually check them anymore. You're just saying semi-regular to save some face. Like, how did Chula Vista Fast Pitch get through this for nine years? That just doesn't make sense to me. The only way it would make sense is, like, if someone at Delaware North is like, like, there's like a handshake thing where, I, I don't know, somewhere at Del Delaware North knows 
these people at Chula Vista Fast Pitch, this fake charity, and it's like, yeah, I'll do you a solid. It doesn't exist, but I'll let you keep staffing people here at Petco Park and make over $300,000 in the first half of 2023. Yeah, I'll let you do that. It's just crazy. And uh, so, yeah, continuing to scroll through this article here, Noli Yarde and Martin Raboyo, I think, these are the two names mentioned here. Multiple sources who asked to remain anonymous pointed us to two men, these two men about running Chula Vista Fast Pitch. Who is operating these stands? Are these people, these two people hiring people to work there? Is it Delaware North hiring people to just work a ballpark eat stand? And then these people go into those stands and kind of oversee these people? Like, how is this happening? And Raboyo says, I helped them. I helped them out. Raboyo, Raboyo, sorry, don't know how to pronounce it. Martin says, I helped them out when talking about Chula Vista Fast Pitch. Who's the main person, Raboyo, Raboyo asks. And he gave Martin's name, I believe. Martin, who did I say? Martin, Martin, no, no, no. Noli, Noli Yarde. And Voice of San Diego, the author here, he went to Petco Park. Section 116. So I'm sure, I'm sure some Padres fans that have watched this, that, have, that are listening to this, they have been at the 116 ballpark eat stand. So maybe you have interacted with this dude before. Or you've given money to the stand, one of the stands that he has operated. And so this Voice of San Diego writer went to Petco Park and asked about this to this guy at 116 in ballpark eats. And Yarde acknowledged he is the manager of Chula Vista Fast Pitch. But then he walked away. He disappeared into the back of the ballpark eat stand. So obviously something's going on here. You have an acknowledgement right there. So there you go. There's someone that's definitely involved. He is the manager or a manager of this. So he is definitely at fault here. And by the way, he has already been kicked out. Chula Vista Fast Pitch, I believe, has been kicked out of Petco Park. I heard Darren Smith earlier on the radio say that. And th this was also happening at Snapdragon Stadium as well. So that's another thing. Where Snapdragon Stadium has always, already kicked out this group, this, this fake charity. They kicked them out before San Diego State, I believe, had their first football game. The 23rd. But they, I believe, were still working like wave events. The soccer matches that had big attendance over the summer, concerts. So they've been doing it at Snapdragon. They've been doing it at Petco. And it took this long for this to be recognized. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's like, how could this happen? And again, I, I point to the Padres. It's like, this is in your ballpark. People come to watch your organization. You should know about the charities that are involved that are working inside your building. And to, yeah, it's all, it's all Delaware North. It's all Delaware North. I think you should probably do a little bit better than that. I wonder if fans, are fans going to get 10% off at the ballpark eats now for the rest of the season or for the next nine years because 10% was being given to these fake charities, this fake charity for such a long time? 
By the way, Jackson Wyatt, who obviously the, the original founder, I guess he said, okay, he said, I didn't remember reading this the first time around, said Raborio did have a loose connection to the original Chula Vista fast pitch. He said Raborio's brother was a coach for one of the teams. So there's the connection there. Maybe the brother gave this to Raborio and was like, okay, j just use this name. Here's the name. You want to come up with a fake charity name? Here you go. This charity stopped. And you can you can go in there like, well, it's still running. It's still a charity. Look, look at these things, these events that recently happened with Chula Vista Fast Pitch, even though it just closed. So that's probably how they got in. And maybe Delaware North just doesn't check them anymore because they've been there for so long. I don't know. What are semi-regular checks? That's a, that's a question I have. It is, so Chula Vista Fast Pitch staffed this. So again, it's not. So the, who are these workers that are being staffed? They know that it's a fake charity, and they're like, yeah, just give me the money. I don't care. That would suck, too. I would hate for the legacy to be this because it was a cool league and helped a lot of kids get started, that someone would turn around and use it for illicit purposes. You know, nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, they were doing it at Snapdragon. So we'll see what the... what the Is there going to be a big penalty other than them just being kicked out? Because what is it going to go to like court or something like what's going to happen here because that's hundreds of thousands probably over a million dollars right nine years of this and it was over three hundred thousand dollars well over a million dollars probably total that they've been able to get from padres games unbelievable and a spokesperson for san diego state because obviously they that snapdragon san diego state it's their stadium as part of the verification process, Chula Vista Fast Pitch signed a contract attesting to their current nonprofit status. They were unable to verify, essentially, uh, is what San Diego State has said. They've been able to, uh, or unable to verify that they're like actually, you know, nonprofit charity, nonprofit status. So as of Friday, August 25th, so before San Diego State's foot first football game, Chula Vista fast pitch is no longer permitted at Snapdragon Stadium and is no longer permitted, hopefully, at Petco Park. And should Padre fans get a discount here because of the money that they have sent to something that's not a charity? It just all sucks. It sucks. All of this. Fake charity. So all of the wacky quotes, all of the wacky things from this season, Add this to the list. So bizarre. Wild. All right, here's a break. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest, the better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. 
After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. This chat's pretty wild today. I'm looking, I'm looking through the comments here during that break. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I see some comments about Waka needing to be shut down, Musgrove, Darvish. Yes, they, yeah, probably. I mean, Waka, it's not a guarantee that he returns, but the Padres can make it a guarantee. So if they think, if they have made the decision, yes, we want Waka to return on those club options, then it's probably best to shut him down once they're like mathematically eliminated. But then you need someone to pitch those innings. You know, like you got to find a way to get through the season still. But yeah, Darvish, Musgrove, obviously they're done. Cronenworth, obviously done. Manny, Tatis, Soto, Bogarts, they're going to get more off days. And Kevin Acey did mention in I think his newsletter the other day that we could be seeing Jackson Merrill in September. Initially, I was like, okay, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Is he really ready? But it's not like this would count towards a service time. It's not a full year of service because it's September. Right, it, it it would be when the rosters expand. So, I mean, if you want to shut down a middle infielder, if, if you don't want Bogarts to play or you only want Bogarts DHing, then I guess, or you're okay with Bogarts just sitting games, then I guess you could bring Jackson Merrill up and have him play. I wouldn't be super opposed to that, but I do want them to bring Merrill up when he's ready. I don't want them to force him up when he's not ready just so we can play a little bit in September. You know, play in the double-A playoffs, get that experience with Ethan Salas and all those other teammates that just got brought up, and then we'll see what happens. If he's playing well and the Padres think he's ready, then I wouldn't be surprised to see him up here. But right now, I would, I would lean towards him not coming up, but, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked. It's A.J. Preller. He's had a history of bringing guys up pretty early, you know? Uh, and with Merrill... I, 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 as long as he's ready, I would be fine with him coming up. At least it would make September interesting, right? It, it would give us a reason to really watch this Padres team and like maybe actually be excited about the game coming up that day. Oh, we get to see Jackson Merrill at the big league level because are Padres fans excited to watch the Padres when they're already out of it? Are they excited to watch the Padres? I don't think so. We watch it because we're fans of the team. It's just that's just what we do. But are we excited about it? No, we're not. The Padres also did something pretty stupid today, I thought. Like, what are they doing? They sent out, before today's Padres Cardinals series finale, wallpaper, like lock screen wallpaper, for the September schedule. 
It's like, come on, guys. Get a clue. Maybe that was a scheduled tweet that they scheduled like two months ago. And it was just wallpaper Wednesday. Let's just schedule tweet this uh, for before September. So this can be ready for September 1st for Padres fans. Because we're going to be in it. We're going to be in that race. We're going to be contending. Fans are going to be excited. They're going to want to know the schedule. <laughs> what are we doing? Why is that tweet going out? September lock screen. What are we doing? That's just dumb. And the responses. The responses were cracking me up on Twitter. Or X. The, when you look up Twitter, it still comes up as Twitter. So I'm still going to say Twitter. But the responses to this were crazy. Uh, someone says, can we get some wins, though? LOL, you all are tone deaf. LMAO. Uh, can, you get, can you get a clue? Hard pass. Can you mark the date we get eliminated? Uh, I'm good, thanks. I tried using the Xander one for August, but it hit into a double play. Uh, someone posted Matt Carpenter, just like being confused. Uh, literally no one will put this as their wallpaper. Why would I want, why would I, yeah, why would I want to open my phone and be sad? Nobody wants this. Read the room. Post the 2024 schedule, you cowards. I won't be doing any, I won't be doing any of that, but thank you. <laughs> Announce Preller's firing already? Is that a joke? Tell me you're joking. Blocked. Uh, Padres Twitter, it's definitely funny when things aren't going well. Um, Hasung Kim, not going to say the last part, says, do y'all watch Nothing Personal with David Sampson? I did not. He, yes, I did hear that he talked about this whole fake charity thing. It's just crazy what's happening. I mean, again, how did the Padres let this happen? They're going to blame it on Delaware North. Okay, if you want to blame Delaware North, I mean, shouldn't you be keeping tabs on Delaware North, though? Because you're allowing them to be in Petco Park? If you're blaming it on Delaware North, okay. Delaware North, how do you allow this to happen for nine years when the charity's not even a thing? anymore it stopped in like 2014 it's just so weird how that like they've allowed they allowed that to happen so i have to think that it's a it's a handshake under the table thing it's a inside job it's maybe chula vista fast pitch is giving money to someone that approves and looks over these charities and like hey hey, hey we'll give you hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars whatever a significant amount of money if you say if you allow us to continue being at Petco Park and allowing us to be this charity, even though we're not actually one, like where is this money going to? Is it just going to those two guys and they're paying these employees to come in and work as volunteer charity workers staffing these stands? Like what's going on here? It's just crazy. And same thing that happened at Snapdragon. You know, Snapdragon, why, how did this happen? You're going to blame it on Delaware North too, if that's what you want to do. Again, then like Delaware North, how was, how was this allowed to happen? Amazing. All right, I think that's all I got.
again, there's not a ton to talk about, you know, with this Padres team. One and five road trip, season's over. We'll have a lot to talk about in the offseason. It was a heartbreaking, not heartbreaking, because my heart didn't break after the loss today or yesterday. It was just, it, it was a couple losses that made me laugh, to be honest. Like, yeah, of course it happened. Just another way that they're finding a way to lose. Um, and yeah, that's that. That's that's the Padres in 2023 for you. And Darvish, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully no Tommy John surgery. Or maybe some fans want it because the alternative is just pushing the thing, pushing it down the road because he could try to recover and rehab and then get hurt next year, tear the UCL or something, and then he's out for 2025. You know, so we'll see what happens there. Crappy season, crappy series, crappy road trip, one and five road trip, and now they've got. A homestand, one of the last homestands of the year, coming up against the Giants and the Phillies. So don't have a feeling that's going to go too well. All right. Have a great one, everyone. Try not to be super sad about this Padres team. We shouldn't be surprised with what happened this weekend. Try to touch some grass. Thanks.